Omega Man Radio has been commissioned to invade deep into enemy territory, drive out the hosts of hell, and take back the land. Our mission is to preach Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who is the only name written under heaven by which men might be saved. Cast out demons and pray for the sick that they may be healed in Jesus' name. If this program is a blessing to you and you would like to take part in this harvest of men's souls, join with us and attack the hosts of hell by donating any amount online at www.omegamanradio.com. Are you ready? Ready to take a ride. Grab your coffee and strap yourself in. If you listen, I can hear God's plan. Because the show is about to begin. You're listening. You're listening to the Omega Man Radio Network. It's been a great day on Omega Man Radio. We welcomed Alan McManus, minister from Cumbria, England today. At uh, 3 p.m. Eastern this afternoon, we had an early bird show. It was 8 p.m. in London. And uh, we followed it up with Pastor John Kyle tonight, bringing a right now word, taking phone calls, and some massive deliverance for us all that tuned in tonight. In Jesus' name. And now we're going to uh, cap off tonight with some dessert. We're going to have Peter Whiffen live right now, all the way from the Gold Coast of Australia. And for those of you that stick around, I give you a present at the end, Friday National Anthem. I know that you all have waited all week. If you wait a little bit longer, I'll play that in stereo for you tonight. Amen? <laughs> okay, without any further delay, let's try to crank this up right now. Here we go. We're dialing Peter Whiffen. Peter Whiffen, can you hear me? Yes. Brother, it's an honor to welcome you back to Mega Man Radio. It's been too long. How you been, bro? <laughs> it's great to be back here. Praise God. I'm going well. I'm going well. Now, you're in the Gold Coast of Australia, is that correct? Yes. Why do they call it the Gold Coast? Did they, um, is it the beauty of it, uh, the golden sunshine? Did they discover gold there years ago? What's the take on that? It's the uh, it's the sandy beaches, ah. the Gold Coast. Um, the main place is called Surfers Paradise. Really, it's a it's a holiday place. It's uh, like Florida of uh, America, but it's um, it has uh, canal homes and theme parks, Sea World, Movie World, Dream World, all that sort of stuff here. Amazing. And, so if you're like a surfer, you like the ocean, that'd be the place to be, right? <clears throat> yeah, excuse me, yeah. 
it's um, Burley Heads Beach is uh, and Kira Beach here is like world famous um, in the surfing community for the for the tubes and the waves and um, the place has grown. Um, it's only uh, sixty minutes drive from the city of Brisbane, and um, the place has grown into a city in its own right of of about five six hundred thousand people. Hey, that's a pretty good sized city right there. Yeah. So we've got um, we've got the beaches, and then we've got uh, beautiful rainforests behind us, uh, coastal mountains, and our climate is is tropical. Uh, shorts all year round. That's and, what I'm uh, talking about. Yeah, beautiful here. It's beautiful here. It sounds like Costa Rica. You got any? Uh, one question: Do you have any great whites out there? Yeah, there's plenty of them. <laughs> oh, boy. I don't know that I'd be swimming too far then. <laughs> <laughs> you can't swim. Um, in, the, in the canals, there's, they've got sharks, and uh, they, uh, they attack people all the time, um, like, like canal-type sharks. But there's great whites, there's tiger sharks, there's uh, all the nasties are here. <laughs> we Amazing. Live nasties. Now, we deal with demons uh, on these shows, as you know. Folks, yeah. um, but there's some there's some demons out there in the water too. Have you dealt with? Have you been scuba diving out there? Yeah, I, I've been scuba diving out here. The, the first time I went out, there was a leopard shark came into view, and oh my goodness, I, I started moving to the center of the crowd. You know, wow! <laughs> but it, it uh, looked magnificent, and I tell you what, your eyes open and you really see the colors when you're in the water with a shark. Amazing, <laughs> amazing! Can you carry a spear gun or a bang stick out there with you? Yeah, yeah, you can carry spear guns and things. Uh, they don't like it these days. But um, I did do uh, free diving in, in Fiji on the reef there, and we used a spear, and um, uh, the sharks used to come past there, and uh, that was interesting with the natives. So um, it's pretty interesting swimming with sharks, and um, but providing you keep your head, you can... You can push them away, like small reef sharks and that. Not white pointers, though. <laughs> they just rip you to pieces. Well, man, you've had some great adventures, and you're having great adventures in the Lord right now. And God yeah. is really giving you some revelations, uh, revelations yeah. rather, about spiritual yeah. warfare and the such. So without any yeah. further delay, let's get started tonight. Peter, you want to open up in prayer? Yeah, yeah. You know, praise the Lord for everybody. I just thank God for everyone. And, um, you know, we just thank God, we thank you, Father God, for the, for the privilege of knowing you and, and the privilege of your love and what you've done for us. You know, we, we love you, we thank you, Father, we thank you for, for everything you are and everything you've done. And I pray and open this show that your truth goes out and that the kingdom of darkness come down and that you be glorified and you be given it all the praise and all the glory for what you have done for us in the world. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Peter, before you get started, please give out your contact information. Okay, my... There is a, uh, a booklet I've got on my website. It's um, His Kingdoms 
www.thetable.com. I've just got one booklet there. It's um, it's really what everything's about. It's it's deliverance is at the table. My email is my name, uh, Peter Whiffen, W H I double F for Fred, I N at hotmail.com. And uh, same on my Facebook. And my Skype is value, V A L U, no E, triple seven, Skype. And that's my Skype. You know, um, Shannon, you know, I, I, I had uh, I had an emergency health emergency. I, I had a heart attack, and um, um, you know, I, I prayed. I prayed. And I said, "God, are you taking me now?" And and, and he said, "Not quite yet. <laughs> Not yet." Praise the Lord. Yeah, and then then I'm on the uh, operating table, and. Um, they're just doing a um, a stint. They put this like thing in your vein and balloon and blow it up. They go up through your. They went up through my leg, through the main vein in my leg, my groin, and uh, they go straight up into your heart veins. And they blew up where it was blocked and with a balloon, and then put a little pipe in there. And um, I'm thinking, geez, I hope these people ha- aren't full of spirits because you know. If, if any, they've got any spirits and the spirits get hold of them, they can just twist the wire and in my heart and I'm gone. And um, I was worried. And, and then I got a word of knowledge. It was amazing. Um, these are my people. I've trained them. They're experts. <laughs> and I wondered why the doctors kept changing. One doctor and another doctor did another part and another doctor did another part. And the whole procedure went perfect. So, Praise God. Amen. Yeah, it was just nice to be comforted. Yes. And um, uh, I got home and, um, you know, my, my boss, I'm not on any benefits, holiday benefits or anything, and, and um, my finances just run week to week. And... Um, my boss rings me up and he, he says, Peter, your job is here. I'm paying you while you recover. You just recover. Praise and the Lord, he, man. Yeah, he looked after everything. Um, then the Skype starts going off. I'm, I'm resting and recovering for a heart attack. And, oh, jeez, people are ringing up wanting deliverance. So... Um, I'm praying deliverance while I'm recovering from a heart attack. <laughs> I have to start yelling at the demons, soft, it's softer, you know, don't get too excited. <laughs> and uh, it was good because it, it, it um, actually helped pass the time and um, I was happy to just be there laying down resting because they said don't do anything for a little while. And um, it was good. And um, so... What, what what I'm finding is is that the um, uh, the things that God's doing with me is um, showing me some some things there that are obvious truths. They're just obvious, and um, I'm finding that I'm getting more result than ever, Shannon. Um, 
it's like practice, you know. You, your sword gets sharpened. Um, That's right. With the practice every, every day, you know. Um, it is a little bit concerning that there isn't enough ministries out there doing enough deliverance. And, you know, it's a good thing you've got this show and encouraged it because, and the others that encourage it, because there is a desperate need. And um, as you know, and um, I really want a purpose to, to encourage as many people who listen to this show to really go and do deliverance. Um, healing is part of deliverance. It's all salvation. It's, um, it's the reason that the dramatic event of the cross took place. It's um, Jesus, you know, these words ring in my head. Uh, I haven't got the passage scripture here, but everyone remembers Jesus three times speaking to Peter. You know, he, he said, if you love me, you know, feed my lambs. And then he said, if you love me, feed my sheep. And, and then he said it again, like really emphasizing, if you love me. So when I see that in the scripture, Jesus saying, if you love me, you know, it's all right. We can praise God and worship God and give him our worship. But he said, if you love me, you'll you'll feed my sheep. Amen, he sure did. And you know, I thought about feed them what? <laughs> you know, what what's the food? What is sheep food? And and um you know, some people will say, Well, it's the word of God and um we we live not by bread alone, but by every word and that's true. But um some people think importance of the scripture is the word of God and to me the scripture points to the word of God Amen and Amen the, Jesus and is the word, Amen He is the word and when you have a think about what he is he's God's promise isn't he see, see if I say to you Shannon um, I'll pick you up at the bus stop at 6.30 and I'll be there I've given you my word, haven't I? That's right. I've I've made a promise to you. So, the word of God is more God's promise than a written word. It, even though the written word points to the promise. See, Jesus said, "You go to the Scripture and think I'm there, and think there's life there," but it just points to me. So. It's quoting scriptures and standing on scriptures is one thing, but it's really deeper than that. It's it's the promise that God gave. See, Jesus said an interesting thing. He said, remember that passage about um, don't worry about what you'll eat or what you'll drink and, and don't go about getting those things as the Gentiles do. First seek the kingdom right. and, and, and his righteousness. So I thought about what's, what is the kingdom and um, what is his righteousness and how do you seek that? 
Good so question. His, it's a good question. Um, if he says to seek it, then it has to be there how you do seek it, how you go about seeking it. And um, the Lord's Prayer says to pray for the kingdom. It says, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. So there's a clue we can pray for the kingdom to come. And then his righteousness. How do we seek not our righteousness? He, he didn't say you become righteous. He, he said seek his righteousness. It's his righteousness. So we can go up into the scripture and we'll find a place where it says Abraham believed God and it was put on his account as righteousness. Now, if we have a look at what Abraham believed, everyone believed God. But Abraham believed the promise. The promise that he'd be the father of many nations. And that he believed the specific promise for him. And that was put on his account as righteousness. He even offered up Isaac and went that far. And God says, now I know you believe. So if we take the promises of God and believe them, we're accounted righteous. And that was my conclusion on that. So the promise of God is his word and his word is Jesus. Then when we look at the food to feed the sheep, it is Jesus. It is Jesus' broken body and his blood. That is the food. That's sheep's food. <laughs> that's right. That's, that's sheep's food. He said, eat my flesh and drink my blood. Yeah. And if you don't do it, you have no part in me. So what is eating the flesh and drinking the blood? Um, and Jesus said an interesting thing. He, he said to them, you know, the cup that I've got to drink, can you drink it? Um, he used the drinking as a, as a term of what he had to go through, like an, an, a way of saying, this is what I have to, to do. So when we, I believe that without faith you can't please God, we all know that, and we have to look at where faith comes from. When we fully believe and fully receive, it's like we're drinking and eating. Like, you know when you have a meal, you go down to Wendy's or whatever, you have a meal. Right. When you eat that meal... You've, you've eaten it, hook, line, and sinker, haven't you? You've, you've, you've like consumed it. Uh, it's in you now. Um, That's right. You, All that's left is the jack-in-the-box um, wrapper on that junior jack with cheese. Yeah. So, so you've accepted fully the meal. You haven't doubted it's going to hurt you. You've, you've liked it, and you've eaten it. Well, that's what we've got to do with the promise. When we eat the promise, we're doing communion. 
we're eating the body of Jesus to break the curse of us because he suffered illegally and we're drinking the blood to give us life in his family to be born again and to be cleansed Romans chapter 1 is a very very important scripture it, it says that God has not left us blind he said the things of the natural show the things that we can't see so if you take natural blood it does three things that I can see it, it carries food to our cells it carries oxygen to our cells and it also swallows up the evil in us the viruses with the white corpuscles so the blood in the natural shows what the blood of the Lord Jesus does in the spiritual and um, we can get great faith from that so these three things remain faith hope and love and the greatest of these is love or you could say the first one is love number one God so loved the world so the promise is Jesus because he loved the world the hope is in the promise because God loves us he loves us if we hope in his love we get the faith because faith is the substance of what you hope for this scripture for that one faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God well faith comes by hearing and hearing by the promise of God it's the promise we have to believe the promise and we have to hope in the love of God is first then the faith comes when we hear the promise we know God loves us and that promise is ours so there is a way that someone can build their faith by hope the question is what are we hoping for have we focused our hope have we considered our hopes or are our hopes like the sea being tossed backwards and forwards hoping one thing one day another thing another day and not focusing on anything being buffeted very important so when I started thinking like that that's when things started really breaking loose and God started really answering things and you know we've all grown since you started the show <laughs> I was Amen. looking 1300 shows it's amazing <laughs> you know when I first started out I got up to like uh, 20 and I said and I was thinking about some that have been on there a long time I said dear Lord I don't know if I can do it <laughs> you know but, I don't know how you done it I don't know how you do it and I don't know how you done it and, by, and you know by Jesus Christ man. praise the Lord thank you Lord Jesus he's the only way that I made Amen. it this far. But you know, folks, so we're blessed tonight to have um, uh, this forum to be able to come together and discuss the Word of God. If you're just tuning in, we've got our brother from the Gold Coast of Australia on tonight, Brother Peter Whiffen. And, um, you know, folks, I have so many 
uh, friends from Australia named Peter. I've almost lost track. But, <laughs> uh, but you know, we're blessed to have our Australian brothers. We've got Peter Whiffen. We've got Peter Johnson. We've got Barry McAlpin. We've got Peter McMasters. We've got Peter Hobson and Verley Hobson. And, you know, we're just blessed to be able to do these kind of programs using uh, Skype. But without any further delay, let me throw the microphone back to you, Peter. This is a good word tonight. Can continue on teaching, brother. Okay. So um, that's... That's for some, you know. That's just all of all what I think is a great way to go about one's faith and building one's faith. Look up the promises and start hoping on them. That will lead it along. Now the other thing is, is that I've been, as you know, I've been digging into the to a few things here. Yes. And uh, we, be, I mean, you know, my interest is demons, and <laughs> because uh, I don't like them, and. Um, Fortunately for me, um, uh, God gave me an understanding on them when I got first saved, and He He did build faith in me about all of this. So, and uh, we looked into it. I noticed an interesting thing: um, the the promised land's called the land of milk and honey. That's right. And um, you know, these days when I read things in the Scripture, I don't just read it and. And uh, assume okay, land of milk and honey, and go on. And I go, what? what Backpedal. What? What? What's this milk and honey land? What's that mean? What does it mean? And why is it the land of milk and honey? Why isn't it called the land of the Lord Jesus Christ? Right. You know, it'd be a good name. You know, if I was going to name the promised land, I'd call it the promised land. Jesus. He's the name above every name, right? Okay. So. So why why is it called the land of milk and honey? Why why isn't it called the land of praise and worship? Um, the land of heaven. Uh, pick one. Um, the land of love. Well, it's close. When I looked into the scripture, I found that it really is means. That, you know what it means. <laughs> what I found. It it is the land of love. The milk, the milk is God's love, and so is the honey. It's it's the land of the love of God to put down your enemies, and it's the land of the healing of the damage of the fall. To repair, to repair the breach, so they can't come back. Wow. So we're not talking about uh, cow's milk and, you know, honey like you put on your uh, toast for your brekkie. Hmm. No, we're talking about how God uses the natural, according to Romans 1, to show us the unseen. Now you take, for instance mum with her new baby the nicest act of love to the new baby is when she's feeding the baby right. yeah that baby's so close to mum's heart and you know it's proven mother's milk is the best for the baby that's right it's got all sorts of stuff in it antibiotics Cluster. and yep so 
there you have Romans 1, the natural showing the supernatural. You know, you can find scriptures that says God's got breasts. Up in the Song of Solomon's there. And you can also find a scripture up there that says, be drunk with love, be drunk with the milk and the honey and the wine and be drunk with love. Wow. It's love. And we found up there, and we talked about it before, Judges chapter 4, where the enemies of Israel, Sisera's name means battle array, was put to sleep with milk. And she was said to be, blessed is the woman, this woman, above all women in a tent. That's all women in a body. She gave him milk when he asked for water. This was the and lady he, in the tent, and the king... Uh, fled into her tent and asked for refuge? Yeah. And his name means battle array. So you can um, you can put it, all the spirits in battle array against you will go to sleep when God's love hits them. Because this king went into the tent and he said, look, I'm thirsty, give me something to drink and I need to rest a little bit, didn't he? He did. So he's and, hiding you know, out he's in this tent. He's a battle king. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah, he's a battle king, and he asks for water. You give him what he asks for. Right. She did it. She disobeyed. You know, this tough guy with a sword and everything. You know, probably blood all over him. Asks for water. And he gives him milk. She gives milk, but she knew what the milk would do because she wanted to kill him. And it leads on in that story to something very, very, very significant. She killed him. He was also fed butter from a royal dish. Wow. Now, what is butter? It's made in the natural by stirring up the milk. Right. So what you have is the stirred up love of God, royally, the royal stirred up love of God. It's like the pool of peace that the angel stirred and someone got healed. It's the stirring up of the gifts, the stirring up of the fullness inside us will defeat the battle array. It's the stirring churns the love of God into butter. How's that? We do this by hoping in the love of God, hoping in the promises of God, and reading and appreciating and letting God's love flow through us, taking the attitude of a heart of love. Now, I found a scripture where the milk and honey exists, <laughs> where it lives. Really? Yeah. Tell me about it. I've got to find it here. Uh, I was looking at it before. Um and while you're looking you this up, I think perhaps you may also want to uh, take just a moment, Peter, to uh, tell people about the uh, Bible that God had you compile. Now, folks, uh, how often have we read the Word, and you read things, and you just you know move on? You overlook it. You don't see the significance of it. But uh, God was very determined to uh, give us his word and uh, impart knowledge and information to us that some things you have to dig out and search out. 
And the Bible has many different levels, doesn't it, Peter? And when it yep. uses a word, uh, God put that word in there deliberately because there are meanings behind many of these words that uh, we don't understand the significance of, such as you know some of the stuff we're going to be talking about tonight. Would you just like to make a short segue and tell them about the Bible project? And then yeah, come sure. Seventeen percent of the Bible are names, the words in the Bible. Not 17% of the scriptures. I haven't been able to count the scriptures affected by names, but it, I believe it's most likely, looks like in my Bible, I did it all in blue, um, where I changed them and put them in. Uh, looks like it must be at least three quarters of the Bible are names. Scriptures are affected by names. Um, every single page nearly on that Bible, except for, for Proverbs, is, uh, has got blue writing all over it. Now, the names are very significant. There's a scripture somewhere that says God named everybody. So that those names are in that Bible by God. They mean something, and they are very significant. So what I did was I, I got the meaning of the names, and I put it in the text as you read it. So you'll read Adam, and then you'll have a little equal sign, Adam equals red, in brackets. Um, you'll have Jordan equals the descender in brackets as you read along so you don't have to stop and look up the name in a concordance you can just read and keep your flow going keep your train of thought happening because if you have to stop on a concordance you'll never get through the scripture because you, some scriptures have got five names in them so what we did was we what I did was I, um, I made a version of the Bible called the Names Amplification Bible out of a 1611 King James and I just inserted the names what you find is is that the whole Old Testament, or the whole Bible, is actually a living, breathing Shakespeare's play that God in, enabled to give us something that's unchangeable history recorded that tells us the message of the spirit realm we're dealing with today. So, very significant. You can take the story of the crossing of the Jordan, the, the the first tribe across is Reuben, which means behold a son. The Jordan means descender. The the village where the descender, the Jordan was parted, was between Adam and another village called their distress. So you could say, behold a son parts the descender, parting it between Adam and his distress. It's all in the names. They camp at the village called Gilgal, which means a wheel rolling, which points directly to me, to the resurrection. This is where also we should rest, because Joshua, which name means salvation, rests at Gilgal from time to time in his journey in the promised land, in the battle. He goes back to Gilgal, which means if you're tired as a Christian, go back and meditate on the resurrection. Think about Jesus has been raised from the dead. I will be raised from the dead and rest there. That is a place of rest. So anyway, I got that out of my name's Bible, and I got a lot of things out of my name's Bible. How many words do you calculate mm -hmm. uh, you came up with thus far that uh, the average person has no idea what the definition means because of you know our geographical location where we're born, you know? Well, 17% of the words in the Bible um, are names, and most of them we don't have any idea what they mean. 17%. Yeah. 
of the words themselves and I think it's about 75% of the scriptures are, have got those names in them. So, so they have another level to them and there is a meaning significance behind the name. So um, quickly uh, yep. I wanted to ask the question, how then did you come about finding out the definitions of the names as you were starting in Genesis working forward on your King James Bible? Where did you go for this right. information? What I did for the names, I yes, went sir. to the I went to the Strong's Concordance uh, online. Okay. And and I um, what I did was I started off in Genesis, and everywhere I found the name, I found that name, I inserted its meaning, and word processed it through the whole Bible. Amazing. And I I read the whole Bible through doing that, and, and then I read it through again and again and again and again and again, checking it all. And um, that happened. It was really supernatural. I, I was working, minding children, being a single dad. And I did that night and day for five weeks. Whoa. That's all it took. Five weeks. Did you went from five Genesis weeks. to Revelations? Yeah. And yeah. Uh, you looked up the, uh, the words and you inserted their... Uh, definition behind them that is amazing yeah. um we'll talk yeah. a little bit later about where a person could obtain a copy but without any further uh delay let me uh, take you back to where you were before i asked that question you were going to look up a scripture and uh, pick back up right there if you can okay well the, the scripture tells us where the milk and honey are located <laughs> you'll get a surprise ah good where is the milk and honey from the promised land or where is God saying the milk and honey resides? And you can go to Song of Solomon's 4, verse 11. It says, Thy lips, O my spouse, drop as the honeycomb. Honey and milk are under thy tongue. So the milk and the honey reside in our mouth just where life and death are and you know it tells me one big thing Shannon the thing that it tells me is when you put love or you allow God's love which is love you can't have love any other way to flow over your tongue you are flowing in milk and honey that is so powerful because the promises of God are riding in that land it's in the land of love it's in the land of the milk and the honey so we talked about what the milk does. What about the honey? What does honey do? And if you look at honey in the natural, we've got some honey in Australia. It's very good. It's an antibiotic. It heals. But there's a scripture up in there, one scripture that gives a clue. It says, Jonathan dipped his rod into the honey 
put it to his lips, and his eyes were enlightened. It's the healing of the eye. Um, Jesus said, if your eye is dark, your whole body is full of darkness. And the eye, the problem with our eye is the doorway to demons, I believe. Or one of them. But the doorway to demons is plain right up there in Genesis. Satan said to Eve, You will not die, for God knows when you eat from the tree, your eyes will be opened and you'll be as God's little g that tells me your eyes will open and you'll be full of demons you will know good and evil the demons will be in you showing you the evil so the healing of the eyes is the honey the land of milk and honey how about that hey that's pretty awesome pretty awesome so um, we could, uh, I don't know if people want to uh, have some prayer because we could talk, but, you know, what I was thinking of doing is praying for people and maybe we could explain what's happening and um, maybe just show by demonstration some deliverance. What about that? Unfortunately, my switchboard is down tonight. Oh. And I want to apologize to Peter and anyone uh, out there that wanted to call him tonight. We did an early show today, and I expended all of my available time for the switchboard call-in. But we have a lot of people tuning in out there right now live on MixLR. So, Peter, I was uh, I would suggest uh, next time we'll have the phone line. I won't do uh, three shows on the same day. <laughs> but um, uh, <laughs> today, right. uh, how about some more teaching? And um, also, maybe have you do some mass deliverance tonight for mm. the people tuning in. What do you think about that? Okay, we can do that. Um, what we'll do is, uh, what we'll do is, we'll keep talking. So the we'll keep teaching here. Yeah, that's good. So um, what we've got now is we've got an eye problem. We got we got access of demons through the eye. Now there's another interesting scripture that turns up about this in Judges chapter four with the battle with the milk with Sisera. Because it says another thing. After that, the king of the promised land, which is the enemy king, I think his name is Jabin, was put to death, eventually defeated. And his name means active insight. That's the all-seeing eye. That's where the Illuminati are getting this eye from. Oh, like on the dollar bill. Yeah. It's, it's this eye of Satan, this active insight where, where spirits can look through a person and use them. They can host in them and look through and use them through their eye. It's what happened in the fall. It opened mankind to, to host spirits and for them to look through them with active insight amazing and that is the king of the promised land that was defeated after the spirits in battle array were defeated and this is where our quest is 
in deliverance. This is where our quest is. Our quest is the defeat of the spirits in battle array and the healing of the active insight. The shutting down of the damage and the reversal of the damage done in the fall. If we, if we have a look at what is that damage and why, see, man was given dominion on the earth, right, Shannon? Amen, that's right. I can't find a scripture, I could stand to be corrected, where angels were given dominion on the earth. No, right. Right. But guess how Satan got it? He got the angels to make babies with men, and by birthright, half angel, half man got dominion of the earth through those. Amazing. Genesis 6. Yeah. So this is why they came and made babies. They came to make babies that were half angel, half human, that would receive the promises given to man to transfer by birthright to angels. And these are the uh, the demons that we're encountering. The Nephilim. Yes. Um, it says that they made babies that were men of renown. They they had extra power because they were half angel and half man with the rights of both kingdoms: the kingdom of angels and the kingdom of men. Satan's kingdom and the kingdom of man joined together, just like if you're a half Indian, right? Cherokee. Right. You've still got Indian Cherokee rights, haven't you? You can go and live on the reservation. It's angels mixing. And it's the meaning of Babylon gives a clue. It says it's uh, confusion by mixing. That's it's a melting pot, isn't it? Hmm? It's a melting pot, isn't it? It is. So, so what we have here is um, a perversion. This is what I believe is called the perverse spirit. This is the perversion because it's the mixing of angel with human, which is a perversion. It was never meant by God to happen, right? So God wasn't happy with it and locked up the angels that did it. But what it done was delivered the world according to those pe people that were born from that, and they are people, just with angelic blood in them, line. They're half angel, half people. They are people. And that's why in the scripture they're referred to as men. In Job chapter 30, they're referred to as men whose fathers were fools. So we have a situation here where when they died... The scripture says normally when a person dies, the, the soul returns back to God, doesn't it? Who gave it? Or the spirit returns back to God who gave it. That's right, the spirit. Amen. Amen. So when a person dies, God takes his spirit back, the spirit back, and, and God's in charge. And there is, there is heaven meant for people and hell meant for for, for angels that's right the spirit returns to God right and then the soul is going to be with the Lord in heaven or going to be in hell and the, the flesh goes back to the worms right yeah so what we have is 
is hell wasn't made for people. But when you have a mix of the blood, then that person can be dragged there. So the dramatic solution, we have dominion as humans over angels, but we don't. I can't see where one man is being given dominion over another man. We don't have dominion over other men. We're supposed to live in harmony with other men and respect them and treat them as ourselves. There are people who are in government and different things. So what we have here is is that we have dead, dead souls, half human, half angel, with nowhere to go. Right. So they, so they're lost. They're the lost souls. They're the poltergeists, the lost souls, the the ghosts that the world talks about. They have to roam the earth. Uh, Jesus said that they walk. They walk to and fro, seeking rest. So we've got this situation here where we have beings that were never created by God, never meant to be a perverse spirit. That's what I reckon is a perverse spirit walking around on the earth without a body. And when they when they find a body, they can come in through the eye. I think it's through the eye they come in. Um, it may also be through other means as well. But the eye, it says, will be opened and you'll be as gods. So there's a, there's a direct proof there of eyes opening and be as little gods, which are demons. When they come in and occupy a person, you know, it's very good to get an understanding of what demons are. You know, they're not some little pixie. They are a person, a half, can be a half human, half angelic being. Now, angels the scripture says can enter people Satan is an angel isn't he or was an angel it says it says in one place that Satan Judas dipped his bread in the wine and Satan entered him at that point the, the meaning of the word cherub means indwelling blessing so we are hosts and what happens is is that when a when a spirit that's half angel half human enters another human they are not meant to be in there they don't fit some of them are all different sizes because we found skeletons in the earth of 30 foot humans 20 foot humans 10 foot humans and some people I believe are full of they can be full of big ones like the the giants of old absolutely and, and those are the ones that may hurt they stretch because they're not meant to fit in such a small body and the, and they can cause these sort of pains that some people have described to me they have pains in the head the heart the limbs from the spirits i believe it might be even the cause of the spirit to cause the lady to bow over it's just too heavy for her so um, when they're in a person 
they can actually operate that person like we operate ourselves. I believe they can operate every muscle, every nerve, the eyes, the brain, the mouth, and they can live out in that body. But they are handicapped because the person is there themselves and they've got to fight the person to get control. And that's where they get the persons on drugs and alcohol or, and, um, or tired and um, they can take over. Um, get the person drugged down and then they take over that sort of stuff um, when we go to look at illnesses because they're half angel half human they're never meant to be in a human body it's like a foreign body and the body rejects them it's like a splinter or a you know someone has a heart transplant they have to take non-rejecting drugs you know to stop My rejecting to the foreign that. He uh, received a heart transplant, and until the day he died, he took uh, anti-rejection drugs. Yeah. Or his body would reject this heart that belonged to a police officer mm-hmm. that had died in the line of duty. Someone had ran over his head. Oh. He stopped to pull a, a car over on the highway, Peter, and noticed oh, the guy yeah. had no tag. The guy says, uh, my tag's up, up front. The police oh, officer... State trooper walked around the front of the car. The man stepped on the gas and ran over his head, squashed it flat like a pancake. Mm. My father was uh, th- maybe had months to live. He was in Miami, got a uh, a vibration on his uh, pager, and that means come directly to the Miami hospital. We've got a transplant. They put this man's heart in his body, and it gave him another eight years to live. He died in 2007. Mm. And... Uh, until the day he died, he had to take those anti-rejection drugs. So yeah. back, this is an excellent uh, explanation you're giving on what demons are and how they operate. So um, in the human body, your your body is you're saying sensing uh, a foreign entity in there and uh, starts to fight back. Yes. So in, if you read Job chapter thirty, you'll see there are things like uh, bones becoming needles. And that's uh, pointing to bone cancer, I believe, because if you look at uh, pictures of bones from bone cancer, they have spikes on them. And um, it causes cancers. Uh, There's another spot there in Job 30 says that it causes their belly to boil, and that could be bowel cancer or any sorts of afflictions. It does say the strong arm of infirmity rolls itself in on the desolation, uh, binds itself around the person as a garment. I'm going by memory here, but um, basically the concept is is that these things, when they live inside a person, cause the persons to be ill. So there's your healing by deliverance. When the spirit comes out, of course it's like removing a splinter, isn't it? Right. And that foreign perverse spirit comes out and then the body can heal. That's right. Mm. So when we, when we lay hands and heal the sick, we actually can be laying hands on the spirits in those persons and pulling them out. <laughs> it's uh, it's uh, 
part of the healing. There's also the miraculous gift of healing and other ways, but this is one way. Um, if we have a look at uh, Job 30, we'll see that they, they wandered the earth, they had no rest, and then they come into people. Now, God had to solve this. We've got... Um, Thank you for using Blog Talk Radio. Goodbye. We, uh, we are still live on MixLR. BTR is off, so if you're in that chat room, you want to go over to MixLR. We've got plenty of time, Peter. Uh, forgive the okay. inter- interruption. So these, right. um, these children of fools with, yes. uh, with no name, um, yeah. they wandered in the bushes and the mallows, and they ate juniper roots for their meat. Mm-hmm. You know the meaning of juniper root? Tell me. It means it's broomstick wood. Broomstick wood, really? Yep. Oh, like a it's, witch's broomstick? Yeah, and I think that's why we're famous for broomsticks, because they went to the groves and got the broomstick wood, took it home with the demons intact, and then could do their spells and get demonized and more power. Whoa, uh, folks, you say, where are you reading from? We're reading from Job 30, verse 3. For one in famine they were solitary, fleeing into the wilderness in former time desolate and waste, who cut up mallows by the bushes and juniper roots for their meat. They were driven forth from among men. They cried after them as after a thief to dwell in the cliffs of the valleys and caves of the earth and in the rocks. Among the bushes they brayed. Under the nettles they were gathered together. They were children of fools, yea, children of base men. They were viler than the earth. That's talking about what there, Peter? That's the fathers, the fallen angels. And that's the Nephilim, the breeding, interbreeding of angels and human. Now, they're not all the demons, because... If we go over to the book of Enoch, it's it's an extra-biblical book, but it is quoted in the Bible, some of the yes. passages of the book of Enoch. And you will see in the book of Enoch that the these fallen angels also perverted nature. Now, we can tell from the world that the nature was perverted by the Greek myths and the myths. You've got Pan, half horse, half man, they experimented with DNA. You've got mermaids, half fish, half lady. Starbucks. <laughs> yeah. Starbucks. Right up on that cup. You, so those those also are perverse spirits. What about the and Minotaur? They, half bull, half man. Yep, yeah, Minotaur. All sorts of ones in the mythology will show you what they did. Because the people don't dream these things up for nothing, you know. And what it is, is is that the flood, Shannon, was God with not much choice but to reset it all because of this perversion in the DNA. Because you had these uh, fallen angels mating with women, creating the giants, you know, the men of renown, uh, the Nephilim, and then... Uh, who was it, do you think, that mated with the animals? Was it the fallen angels or with the, the giant offspring? Um, I'm not sure, but they, they somehow was able to do that, and they got the animals and mated them together. Because, see, the book of Enoch, Shannon, says the angels were part of creation. 
see, God said, let there be light, and there was light, and God said, let there be the planets and things, and there was. But the angel, book of Enoch says the angels went and made it because God said. And they had the keys to creation. They had the keys to how God had made things. And they came down to earth and started misusing those creation keys that were knowledge that the angels had. And this is, this is part of the witchcraft that's in the world today and the elite witchcraft, which was the secrets of creation given to man which man was never meant to know Absolutely. and it has ability I believe that they were actually mating with the animals in fact um, yes you know you've got these giants that have such a appetite that mm. they ate everything around them and then when they're they finished the food they, they would eat humans they were cannibalistic yep they were mating with everything in sight they were perverse and yeah. um, what do they engender? They chimera, half human. I mean, mm -hmm. a half animal, mm -hmm. uh, half fallen angel. Mm -hmm. And folks, if you have not seen the movie, it came out a few years ago. It was the eeriest one I've ever seen. That when I walked out of this, I looked at the guy that was sitting next to me. He looked at me, and we thought the same thing. I just saw what happened during Genesis six. It was called Splice. Uh, I warn you, yeah. it's very graphic. It describes some of the stuff we're talking about tonight and give you a kind of a picture of what these offspring were capable of doing. And, they, you know, they're very evil. So Noah being the only one perfect in his generations, him and the family of eight, it wasn't talking about that, you know, they were perfect, they didn't sin. It meant their DNA had not been infiltrated by these fallen angels, right? That's right. They had not it made it. It, it was it was it was where it was where the whole world had been polluted, and God so had to the, reset it, right? Kill it yeah, all. Yeah, and and the Book of Enoch says that the flood was a rescue, that men yelled out because the giants were abusing them, their, their feces, you know, just their their toilet. Imagine a, the poo from a thirty foot giant. Woo. My goodness. It was just, and millions of them all over the earth. Like, oh. it was just, earth was not made for them. No. It, it was a perversion, and the flood was as much of a rescue of love of God as a judgment. Listen, these things were raping, pillaging, eating, cannibalistic, evil. Mm. I mean, these were beasts, and uh, God had to wipe it out. And it's no wonder, then, that he tells King Saul, he tells David, that I want you to go in and destroy every living thing, even babes in arms, kill the dogs, cats, everything. That's I right. want it all wiped out. See, God had the reason for Israel is that God could not save the whole world at that time too hard from them all because those demons, those spirits, those they're human, part human, part angel, clever beings. We're getting involved and getting in back into people. They got back in through Ham, and then they started getting back in. Wow! And they. So what happened is, is that God said, "I'll have to separate some people, so I can bring the Savior." So He just takes a little nation and separates them, and and puts all His effort into keeping them safe. 
And, you know, we read the story of Israel, and that was hard enough just to keep them safe. Yeah, he told them, you know, don't don't go out and marry into these don't other tribes. Don't do it. Don't do it. And, you know, Solomon did it. And, you know, and look, you know, that, that massacre, you didn't have deliverance per se back then. The, the only deliverance was death. So your disobedient son was full of demons. He had to die as he pollute the, the 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 race of Israel, and then Jesus couldn't come. You know, it's like imagine if Mary and Joseph had been had Nephilim in their bloodline. How then could Jesus die for us? It, and that's what Satan was all about polluting the bloodline of mankind and mixing it with angels so there could never be a saviour because it had a half angel, half human gone to the cross Satan would have laughed so it's it's serious it's serious and we have this we have this fault in our nature have a look at the world today most all are following the inklings of demon spirits that are in them, other people living in them, telling them to be evil. And they think they're their own thoughts. They're not their own thoughts. And it's following those thoughts. God gave the perfect example. You know what Cain's name means? Tell me. You know, possession. 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 Abel's name, you know what Abel's name means? Breath. See, I would have never known it. I don't know the meanings behind the names. Yeah. So what's God saying there? Possession kills the breath. There's your first message. He said to Cain, ABC out loud, watch out, sin is lying at the door. Its desire is for you. Actually, it says his. Call sin a person. Wow. His. His desire is for you, and you, if you do well, shall rule over him. People think sin is something you do. Yes, sin is also following the person of sin, which is a spirit that's in you that shouldn't be in you. Sin lies at the door. It was just waiting for him to break that hedge so it could bite for him to open that door and it could come in, right? Yeah. Now, what does that tell you about sin? It says sin is plotting and planning, doesn't it? It's waiting at the door. It tells you that sin is a living, thinking, scheming being. It's plotting and planning. It's got desire. Only a being has desire. Does a plant have desire? Only a being has desire. It's a thinking, planning, plotting being seeking after a person to get in them through their door. That is what sin is. And we should rule over it and not follow it. But when we follow it, we think we are following our own thoughts and that's what deception is. Peter, when I lived over in uh, Costa Rica, you know, you have some of the world's most deadly snakes there. Mm -hmm. You've got... um, all types of stuff, scorpions, all kinds of, of wicked bugs out there. Well, I used to open the door, and sometimes I'd see these big bugs. 
almost looked like a cockroach or a water bug. And uh, as soon as I opened the door, he'd run towards the door threshold. I was trying to get in. And so I would kick it with my shoe a couple feet, you know. And I could have squashed it. I haven't been known to do that, of course. But I, you know, trying to, you know, spare it, I kick it. And then you know what it would do? It would rebound and it would dart right back for the door. It wanted Wouldn't to get in. Would not give up, right? Folks, this thing was dead set on getting into my apartment. I kick it away, it's running right back for the door. That's the way these demons are, folks. They don't like wandering the dry places. They want rest. They want to get inside of you and me so they can relax and then live out their evil desires using our body. They want to have sex with a woman or with a man. They want to rape them. They want to kill some people. They want to do all the evil things that they were doing until up until the time God had to destroy them in the flood. Yep. And I want people to get a picture of something. What you said about dominion. And what was Satan's whole plan, folks? He hated, he hates you and me. He hated mankind. Okay, he didn't like the fact that he uh, failed in his coup attempt against the Lord. And then he didn't like the fact that there was no, going to be no redemption and forgiveness for him. And then God created you and I, gave us dominion, created us in his own image, and Satan hated us with a passion. So much that he launched the plot, I'm going to corrupt mankind, I'm going to destroy every single one of you. And he almost did. He got within eight people of wiping out the human race, corrupting us. Okay? Mm -hmm. And what did God do? God had to reset it. But Satan didn't stop there. He's trying right now. He's launched his other plan. He's trying to kill every one last one of us and drag us each to hell. Mm -hmm. And you know what? People are so blinded, Peter. Jesus Christ was our only hope. Or we would all be doomed. You know, he gave Shannon. his life so that we could be restored. Let me finish with this one point, which is simply to say, Peter, why would people want to embrace Satan? Satan's been trying to kill you folks from the beginning of time. He wants to kill you now. And you want to serve a murderer? He comes to kill, still destroy? Take it over, Peter. Well, it brings me to the point. And and we have an interesting point that I've been considering lately. Okay? A spirit enters a person, and that spirit is the soul of a mixture of angel and human. These are the spirits from the groves. That spirit has human rights attached because it's half human. Yes. So how do you get it out? Hmm. It's attached in a human body. It has human rights. And how do you get it out? You can get the angel out because we have dominion of the earth. But we do not have dominion over other men. And all of a sudden, we've got another man living in us. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Big problem. And you know? You know how God did it? How did he do (laughs) it? He did it with death. You have to die. When you die, the spirit leaves the body, right? Right. 
so this is where we take up our cross this is the taking up of the cross this is not suffering this is taking up of the cross and dying daily by offering your body as a living sacrifice when you die the spirit must leave the body which means all spirits it's the only way to get the human attachment out of you so when we're baptized we die with Christ right and we're raised with him but the spirits that live that are in us the demons that are in us don't they have to leave the body it's because we died and are raised with Jesus that these humans part of these spirits have to detach it's done with death and that is why Jesus had to die it's the death on the cross that deals with the humanity in the mix of angel and human problem in Job chapter 30 it says they can't follow through death you can read it down there it's in towards the last of the verses there I'll find it praise the Lord as you're looking that up if you're just tuning in we've got Minister Peter Whiffen on live from the Gold Coast of Australia this is some awesome teaching tonight and uh, will help you folks out there that are tuning in understand how these demons operate where they came from what is their assignment yes. what are they looking to do to you and I today folks they want your body they want to carjack you it's like they the thugs at the corner you know there used to be a rash of they would uh, someone's up at a stoplight they'd come up and put a uh, gun in your face get out of your car it's mine and they might shoot you they might throw you out they might you know just push you over to the side and try to kidnap you too but they would jack your car and they would jump in and drive off at the point of a gun they would take it over and then they, you know they destroy it joyride it that's what they want to do they want to take you on a joyride live out all their fantasies and then they want to crash you into a wall and leave nothing but a crumbled pile of metal burning in the flames forever. Let me give it back to you, brother. Yes. It's, um, I think it's uh, Job chapter 30, verse 24. Um, I think the King James says, He will not stretch out his hand to death. It says they will bring us to death and to the house appointed for all the living and we and he will surely he will not stretch out his hand to death because the they can't cross over the the gulf of death and it's the dramatic event of the cross was to solve this mixing of the seed of Satan into the seed of mankind very dramatic way to um, to solve the problem but there was no other way as we know to solve this problem so when we cast out demons or when you're dealing with demons you are dealing with or can be dealing with something that is part human and that's why you know you and me as we've experienced and others that experience deliverance sometimes the demons talk just like humans 
<laughs> you know, they they start speaking to you like a human. Because, and um, you know, I have them saying, "Well, we're not going," or "We don't want to go," or even beg, "Don't do that." So, this is our situation. Um, this is the state of mankind. Unfortunately, we have an eye opened, which is a doorway opened to be de to be demonized. And unless and unless you're walking and under the covering, which is the righteousness of the Lord Jesus, it's His garment that protects us. There is a a safety in being at the Lord's table, a safety in the blood and the body, and. I would encourage people who are seeking deliverance that haven't been able to get delivered, full deliverance, to, to start confessing, offering your body as a living sacrifice and confessing that you no longer live. It's Christ that lives in you. This body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. It doesn't belong to demons. When Jesus, a person is born again, their body belongs to Jesus. It doesn't belong to them anymore. It belongs to Jesus and it does not belong to the demons and that's how it's able to be cast out our faith our faith brings the kingdom of heaven in to expel the demons look it's all about spirits sure forces of powers principalities Ephesians chapter 3 verse 10 says plainly what the job of the church is it says God now intended that through the church that's a job description that the principalities and powers in the heavenly realms would be made known the wisdom of God many folded as achieved on the cross this is the job of the church it's not all about people it's about fallen angels the mixture the perversion that happened God is dealing with that through the church at the moment our job as Christians is to deal in these realms. Our battle is not against people. It's a, not against flesh and blood. It's not against people. It's against powers, principalities, rulers, wickedness in heavenly realms. That is the job of the church, not to run a social club. It is to deal with these spirits and to deal with them ever so severely we, we are appointed to execute judgment on these spirits. It's this honor have all the saints to execute judgment. Jesus said, if you love me, you'll feed my sheep. You'll feed my sheep the breaking of the curses and the blood at the Lord's table, the milk and the honey and the oil so that the people are free of these things. It's all about that. It's not about a social club. So we have a look here at some interesting things, uh, Shannon. Uh, another interesting thing is where the Bible refers to dust or dirt. Yes. There's two passages we mentioned one of them already where Jesus said if you don't do this you have no part of me you know where the other one is it's interesting 
there's another passage where Jesus says, if you don't do this, you have no part of me. That's right. And it was the washing of the feet. Oh. We don't hear talk about that a lot now, do we? No. You know, when I see someone do a ceremony of washing their feet and people go, how humble, you know, I run for the sick bag. I want to throw up. <laughs> Bro, I came from I the early up. church. Uh, they used to have foot washing, and I'll never forget it. Yeah. They'd get down the fellowship hall, and people would get on these uh, folding chairs, and they'd you know, bring out the little basins with water, and people would start washing each other's feet. Of course, yeah. I never understand why some of the people wore socks. I'm not sure about that. <laughs> and unless they were just afraid of their, you know, their feet, you know, the way they look. Maybe they had ugly feet or something, you know. Maybe their feet stuck. Well, <laughs> but I saw it growing up. How many of y'all out there? Let's see a show of hands. We're ever part of foot washing. Let me give it back to you, brother. <laughs> okay. You know, Romans chapter one says the natural shows the supernatural. Jesus did everything in the natural to show the supernatural, right? So you know, is he interested in clean feet? I don't think so. Yeah, <laughs> clean feet aren't going to get you to heaven. So, what is it? Is he interested in your heart? Humbling yourself? I don't know. He has something there, which when you look at it through the lessons in the scripture, you know what it's about? It's actually about praying deliverance for each other. Because, what does dirt represent? God said to Adam, Cursed is the ground for your sake. The dirt represents curses. What did he say when we were to go? The disciples were to go and preach the gospel. When you go, find a worthy house, offer peace. If your peace returns to you, what were they supposed to do? Shake the dust off their feet oh that's right that's what it says and say it'll be worse for you than Sodom and Gomorrah now what is this shaking of the dust off your feet it's saying I believe keep your curses the dust from your house the curse from your house I shake back off on you you keep it and it's the dust that is referred to as the curse. It's interesting that the water, the sea and the water was never cursed. It was just the dust that was cursed, the ground, not the water. That's why when we're baptized in water, we are baptized in a material that's not cursed. So what happened is, is that with the foot washing, Jesus said to Peter, you're clean, but you need a wash, and if you don't do this, you have no part in me. Now, I can't see where dirty feet, you have no part in Jesus. It's, it's by not getting prayer, you have no part in Jesus. By not getting deliverance, by not getting the curses broken off. And if you have a look at the natural the natural situation, Walk up a road with sandals on, you get dirty feet, right? Just by living in this world, we get cursed. Cut someone off at the traffic light. Upset someone. 
have a wrong thought do something and get cursed that Satan gets the goods on you as you just live in this earth so he said submit to one another and wash each other's feet in other words pray deliverance for one another how about that and that is the proper meaning of the foot washing ceremony <laughs> dust is mentioned is if you have faith as a mustard seed you'll say unto this what mountain right that's right what's be a mountain thou, made of mountain be thou removed right yeah and cast into the sea right so what is a mountain made of dirt. dirt that's right hardened dirt rock yeah. yep it's it's the mountain of the curses in a person's life being cast into the sea which is not cursed it's deliverance again people use that scripture for all sorts of things but it means casting out the curse out of a person how about that and this I believe is why we only see Jesus eating fish because this, the flesh of fish is made from the sea it's not made from the dirt but that's another story interesting so it brings me to we can talk about these things but what brings it to me is is that people praying deliverance have faith because Jesus when he sent the 70 out they came back didn't they and they said even the demons are subject to us in your name which means the demons are subject to us in his name right Shannon amen that's exactly right so I encourage people to get into deliverance you don't need to know all that much to get going have faith God protects you have no fear get into it and believe and insist that the demons come out because we are given the keys to the kingdom of heaven what we say goes basically what they are the keys are what we say goes and you if you start insisting that those spirits come out they will come out that's right they don't come out because they don't want to go you have to cast them out it's not oh please come out it's come out you gotta throw them out get them out and you might have to wrestle with some of them someone may say I'm not going anywhere I'm not budging you know, don't give up absolutely. You know, my advice do not give up that's the Satan's only weapon give up give up he says as you know Shannon I've been praying for some of the people we know for years <laughs> I, I will not give up on anybody and and we get somewhere then we get some backlash then we get somewhere and then we get some backlash with some people because some people are some people have got more opener eye than another person because of their family heritage and other reasons 
but we don't give up. Do not give up, my advice. I, I wish everyone in the church was doing deliverance. You know, salvation is not just getting to heaven. Salvation is the promised land. Read the book of Joshua and see the walk there. In the Names Bible, the next village, the next city to be defeated after Jericho is the city called a heap of ruins. It's a ruined life. And the king was hung from a tree. What's, what's that tell you? Curse is he who hungs from a tree. Wow. It's the curse of a ruined life. The curse. And there was 12,000 inhabitants of that city. What's that tell you? It points to the law. It points to Israel and the law. They celebrated the law right after that. It's the curses of the law. Many never get to defeat that. And that's a tragedy, because there's much more in the book of Joshua to defeat after that. They don't get there because of the sin of Achan, which is the gold and the silver from Jericho, and the garment of Shinar, which is the garment of two rivers, following after the two spirits, one of God and one of Satan. You can't do it. You can't row two boats, you can't drink from two streams, you cannot do that and get the curse off you you have to be single minded and go after God's spirit and God's blessing and get that curse off it is the curses of a ruined life you know a lot of times in deliverance I'll call out you king of a ruined life I bind you you, you come out you spirits ruining this person's life we defeat you now how many people has Satan Jesus. and his demons ruined the lives of, or destroyed, or killed? Look at this actor that was depressed, yes. going through all types of probably things we don't know the half of, and the demons he was feeding. And they killed him, and they took him out with a body bag. He's dead mm. tonight. The demons destroyed him, ruined his life. He's dead. Six foot under or they cremated him. I don't know. But he would give anything to have another chance, but he can't. It's over with. If he didn't know Jesus Christ, it's too late now. And that's what the enemy wants to do to you and I. It's what he did to Rick Warren's son, who took a pistol and killed himself. He was battling with demons, and they didn't know how to treat them. Took him to a psychiatrist. They put him on high-powered antidepressants. It didn't work. Yeah. Because you think you're going to get a demon out by medicating him? No. You get medicated and the demon has more control of you than before. That's it. They want you medicated. So it's you won't resist. Sorcery. Right? Sorcery. Uh, we've got about half an hour. Continue on. This is good tonight, Peter. Keep going. Well, you know, um, if we can just be encouraged in the right way and look at the scripture in through the eyes of of this problem this problem of the mixing of angels and humans the mixing of the seed of Satan foreigners in the earth the, the, the souls of dead people that couldn't go to heaven because they were perverse souls the, those souls inside humans operating two people driving the car you'll find everywhere in the Bible two rivers 
you'll find where Joseph, remember the story of Joseph, goes to find his brothers. They're not in the field where they're supposed to be. And he asks the stranger, where are my family? And the stranger said, they've gone to this city. The name of that city is Twin Cities. It's, it's, it's the twin. It's the mixing. It's the confusion by mixing. It's the demons in the people confusing the whole world. That's what we're fighting against. You need to make sure you pray for one another. Submit, be humble, and get prayer, and pray yourself, self-deliverance. Pray for one another, and get these things out. Now, Shannon, I found I found where there was someone without demons in the Bible. <laughs> There's a passage. Guess who his name is? Uh, his name is Jesus Christ. Yep, there's another one. Tell me. His name's Nathaniel. Really? He says, he says, there is an Israelite with no guile. Wow. See that? He marveled. There, it's possible to be demon-free. How about that? Praise the Lord. So we have a lot of things going on. We've been given the gifts. Why are we given these gifts? The reason I believe we're given the gifts is so we can fight these things. They're not there to make us all feel good with prophecy and blah, 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 you know. You'll be this and you'll be that. They're there to fight these things with. The gifts of word of knowledge, gift of wisdom, gift of healing, miracles, tongues, prophecy. It's all there to fight these things. You'll know, you know, you know, and anybody doing deliverance will know sometimes nothing happens until you get a word of knowledge and then that breaks it loose, right? That's right. So we have to seek the gifts. Jesus said, you know, if you love, look, if you say you love Jesus and you love Jesus Christ, right, for what he's done, wouldn't it be nice to get Jesus a dividend? I'm trying to encourage now. Wouldn't it be nice to get Jesus a dividend for what he suffered? You know, I, I, I used to think while he died on the cross, he got his life back. Big deal. He's got it back. But it was a bloodline. It was a bloodline. He didn't have children. A whole race of people got extincted at the cross. It was more than just him. The Bible says we died with him. So wouldn't it be nice, wouldn't it be nice if you love Jesus Christ, you love Jesus, give your praise and worship by all means, but feed the sheep. Help break people's curses off them. Help them get healed and delivered. That's what he said to Peter to do if you love me. I'd like to encourage everyone to just to do it. Step out. Do deliverance. Do healings. Step out. God will work with you. Why does God work with us, Shannon? Because he loves us. He loves us. He wants to share Hey, I could talk about something amazing. Tell me. Let me talk about why Adam was made before Eve. 
Oh, that's a good question. Yes. I know the ladies might like to know that answer. <laughs> yeah. And let, let me talk about the man and the woman. You know, as we know in the scripture, it says Adam, God made Adam, and he brought all the animals to Adam, right? That's and, right. And he said, he said, name them, right? Now I was thinking, why did he do that? And it dawned on me. Our lives, God not only wants us to know him by the Bible and, and all of that, he wants us to know God by our life, by what we feel as we live. You know, the emotions we feel as we live. Now, there's no way to know what it's like to be a mother unless you've had a baby, right? That's right. You can, you can read a book about motherhood and get an understanding, but unless you've really had your own baby... You don't really know, do you? So, God is, God is making a family for himself. This whole deal is about God making his own family. So he makes Adam, and he brings Adam all the creatures, and he tells Adam, it's no good for you to be on your own. What I believe... God was showing him what it like to be on his own. He had all the angels and all the creatures, but he had no one of his own to love. You know, it's like love your dog. You know, that gets you so far. But I mean, it's not another person, is it? Flesh of your flesh and bone of your bones. So God decides to become a man and make the church out of himself, out of his side. So what he's doing with Adam is he's making his wife out of his side, which is a type and shadow of the church. And he's letting Adam understand it before there's reading and writing by what Adam lived. So when we have a family, we get a chance to live the feelings of God and know God by what we're living, how we're living. So the wife is to live the role of the church and the husband is to live the role of the father in terms of the small world of the, their own family so that they get a chance to feel and live what God is doing and about God and to know God by the way that you feel and you live and when you have your children you know how God loved his son and then you can appreciate how God gave his son so when we look at the glory of a, of a lady that is the glory of a lady is the glory of the church which is the glory of God's love the reason for God's love so the ladies are to be loved as the glory of God the man plays the role of God and must die like Jesus for his partner he's then she will love him because that's the way God does it. First, God so loved the world, even while we were yet sinners, he died for us. So he's given everyone a chance to learn about God through what they live. How about that? That's pretty awesome. That's amazing. And for anyone out there with struggling relationships or relationships, try it that way. Try it that way. Men, 
just love your wife. Don't worry about what she's doing. Just love her. Even if she's worst, just love her. That's even better if you do it and she's worst. Then she will know you're loving her and she will love you back. That's what God does. You know, you can't make anyone love you, can you, Shannon? No, sure. I've tried to buy love. It didn't work out for me in the end. No. And you know, there's, there's a couple of impossibilities. The first one is, is you can't make someone love you. And the second one is you can't buy grace. You can't earn grace. That's right. If you earn grace, it turns to wages in front of your eyes and disappears as grace. God doesn't need our money, does he? He's not no. selling salvation. No. It's a gift. He's, he's in the business of love. And I tell you what, this earth is God find out who his friends really are. You've got an environment here where God's saying, choose me or choose not me. Choose love. Choose love. Love me. I've loved you first. I've proven it. Hasn't he? So, love me back. And no one can be forced to do that, can they? No, sir. It's, it's voluntary. The Holy mm. Spirit draws us but we have to make that decision. Yes. Are we going to receive the gift? Do we love the Lord? Do we want to be reunited with Him in fellowship that's mm -hmm. been broken off since the uh, Garden of Eden when mm -hmm. Adam and Eve sinned and God had mm -hmm. to drive them out of the garden? Mm -hmm. You know, and we. You know, you know, God loved them. They didn't understand the love of God. And, and there's a reason, I believe, Shannon, I found out. Yes. The first Adam. God made Adam, didn't he? He breathed into Adam, and Adam became a living soul, right? Yes. The second Adam, who was that? Jesus. Jesus was begotten of the Father. See? A begotten. A begotten out of the love of God. It's born from God. The first Adam became. The second Adam was born. There's a difference. The first Adam never understood love because he hid from God. What did God do when he found him? He clothed him. He loved him. And he couldn't leave him in the garden in that state lest he would have eaten from the tree and lived forever and then there would be no hope. It'd be awful. But the second one, Jesus, was born from love. And when we're born again, we can only see God's kingdoms because of love, because of being born from love. Yeah, you know, I know my own children born from me. I love them different to other children. I can never love other children the same as my own. And that's the lesson. We can't see the kingdom unless we're born from the kingdom. And then God's love can flow through us and then we get the fruit of God's love, which is all the things Christians do out of love because they only do it because they're connected to the vine of love which is God himself anyway that's God so the first Adam fell because he never understood and see love is not corruptible begotten and made is corruptible Satan was made perfect yet he corrupted 
because it was the missing love. He wasn't from God. He wasn't love. Only thing that's uncorruptible is love, which is God himself anyway. I believe, Shannon, that even when we die, as we enter into heaven forever, we'll be growing in the love of God and experiencing the joys of the love of God and growing bigger and bigger in God's love forever. Never end. That's an awesome thought. (laughs) That's awesome. It's an awesome thought. And I know myself, you start ministering love, let God's love go through you. The demons hate it. You know, I had one sister I was praying for, and the demons start yelling out, Why are you loving her? Because <laughs> 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 they don't understand it. They, they don't understand anything, and they're ruled by a cruel taskmaster, and even in their ranks, they're ruled by fear and threat of uh, bodily hurt. And, um, you know, 1 Corinthians 2.9, Peter says, But as it is written, I hath not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man, the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. You know, we're, we're going to have an awesome time ahead if we will make it in and endure till the end. Amen? Amen. And Amen. And, you know, we have to realize that God loved the world. God blesses the just and the unjust, reigns on them, doesn't he? He's merciful. He loves everyone. Yes, he does. He doesn't want anybody to perish. No. He loves the he witch. He doesn't the, like the demons. The homosexual. He loves the Muslim. Yeah, but he doesn't everyone. love the sin. And you know what? He gives us an opportunity up until the spirit leaves our body to shut the door to sin, be reconciled to him through the Lord Jesus Christ by confessing our sin, forgiving others, repenting which turn away from sin, asking the Lord Jesus to come in and be our Lord and Savior, and then our job is to follow Jesus. And we can be saved. We don't have to perish. Or we got an alternative. We can be in rebellion, do our own thing, you know, part it up until the spirit leaves Join your body, with the demons. and then yeah. go to where the demons are going. Go we to can where join with them. We can join up with them. Join oh. their club. Yeah, we can join up with their club. They're looking for new members. Yeah, they don't mind. And I understand that they uh, they're growing in numbers. They've you know just got a lot of people it's signing up. It's never. Yeah, but look at it. There's never been so many people alive at once on the earth. The demons are having a field day. There's plenty of hosts. But you see, it doesn't make sense to me because once you realize that this evil being, Satan, a fallen angel, who's a murderer and a liar from the beginning, he tried to wipe wipe us out, folks, back in Noah's time, got within eight people of destroying the whole human race. God had a plan. He saved us. Then he sent Jesus Christ to, to give us a way back to, to God to redeem us. And yet still people want to serve this killer, Satan, who right now wants to kill you folks that are tuning in. He wants to kill your family. He would like for you to be yep. dead tonight. He wants to steal everything you got, destroy. And yet people, they want to go the way of this? Is that insanity? It's crazy. You know, Shannon, at the moment, my dad's in hospital. And um, I went to see him a couple of days ago. 
and uh, he's not a believer and I don't think he's going to come out and um, we're going to pray for him tonight is he in a coma right now brother no he's just he's uh, he's awake he's just not uh, with it mentally in and out but um, still a little bit but you know I went there and it was really interesting because there was two people we we talked to there I had to wait in a waiting room and while I was waiting now we witnessed to a guy that was, uh, didn't look good and he received the gospel wow right there you know and then I go and see my dad and I'm saying dad you know you've got to get right with God right now <laughs> you know it's time now and he said a voice in me is telling me not right now oh no yeah not yet what's your and, father's name um, go ahead Ken his name's Ken okay and you know I said dad let me pray with you he said no <laughs> you know knowing what's in front and I know the grace of God and about the grace of God but knowing what's in front I got no comfort with my dad at the moment what's uh, what is what is he battling with brother He's um he's just uh a whole body shutting down. Uh, he's bruised all over. He's seventy nine and um he's got um I think he's got uh, hadn't been to the toilet for uh to pass for three weeks um and he got a bit of infection. Okay. And, mm, so, well, uh, so he's got a toxic colon right now, and that's poison. Yeah. Um, yeah. Can we've got about ten minutes? Can we stop and pray right now for you, Dad? Yeah, that'd be great. I'm asking everybody worldwide to come in agreement as we pray for Brother Ken Whiffen. He's fighting for his life right now, and the enemy is trying to destroy him as uh, the enemy tried to destroy my own father. And, uh, you know, my father got out with the smell of smoke on him. And um, he was destroyed by Leviathan. Killed him. And, you know, um, the enemy would like to do that to you out there folks some of your family maybe you've done it to some maybe you've had to go to some funerals out there but uh, you know what uh, while there's spirit left in the body there's hope tonight so I'm asking people to come in agreement tonight for brother Ken that the Lord would touch his heart uh, I'm going to lift off in prayer then I would like you to pray brother and okay. Father God in the name of Jesus Christ we just lift up brother Ken to you tonight Lord and also anyone else out there tonight Father that has a, a loved one that is in the valley of decision. The enemy is vying for the soul tonight. We lift them up to you tonight in prayer. We just cover Brother Ken with the blood of Jesus right now. Father God, we ask that you unloose your goodness and your mercy and your grace on him right now as he lies in that bed in the hospital. In the name of Jesus Christ, I ask God you loose a spirit of conviction on him, loosen him a spirit of adoption and salvation in the name of Jesus, and we ask God for mercy for this brother tonight, Lord, that you would touch his heart and open his eyes, that he will make a decision for you, Lord, before it's too late. We bind the strong man in Ken and every wicked spirit operating in or against him in the name of Jesus, and we command those demons to loose his mind and will, that he can have an opportunity to make a decision for Jesus Christ tonight. Lord God, touch his heart. Whatever you got to do, give him a dream, a vision. And Lord, do not let him perish. 
we stand in the gap for him and we loosen him a spirit of adoption and claim him in Jesus Christ's name. Father God, whatever it takes, we confess his sins, Lord. We remit them to you. In Jesus' name, we break any curse over him in the name of Jesus. And we ask God you loose your ministering spirits into him right now. Power and love and sound mind. Lord, in the name of Jesus. Yeah. Whatever it takes, Lord. We break yeah. any curse spoken or sent against him in his lifetime. Any witchcraft. We break it off him in Jesus' name. We ask God for mercy for this brother. Yeah, in the brother. name of Jesus Christ, Lord. And we bind every foul, wicked spirit that has been sent to kill him. We bind rebuke spirits of destruction. Premature death in the name of Jesus. We speak to his body, we speak to his colon, number one, and say, open in the name of Jesus. We command that colon to open. Father God, open his bowels in the name of Jesus. And we ask God that you unloose healing into his body, Lord. Give him enough time, Lord, to receive you. And we ask for more time for him in the name of Jesus. We come against the destroyer which would like to take him out now. In the name of Jesus, we rebuke it and command those spirits to loose him and go. In Jesus' name, he will live and not die to declare the works of the Lord. Father God, heal him and save him at all cost. In the name of Jesus tonight. We thank you for what you're doing. We ask, lastly, you put a wall fire from Zechariah 2 and 5 and warrior angels to be stationed around him. In the name of Jesus, and we ask God for, again, mercy. In Jesus' name. Go ahead, Brother Peter. Thank you. Praise you, Jesus. We ask, Father, that my dad, my dad make heaven, that he been all yes, lost. Sir. And we ask, we ask that he be not wasted, not let the cross be wasted in his case. Let him make heaven for your glory, Lord God. If you can save him to your glory, even at the last minute, pray for mercy on him that he be saved and let him be lost for God in Jesus name we pray Amen Lord and we just ask that you unloose mercy and grace on anyone tuning in tonight or their family that does not know Jesus ask God the same for them that you loosen to them spirit of adoption salvation send the Holy Spirit to draw them to you Lord we ask for mercy on them in the name of Jesus and we bind every foul yeah. spirit that has got them blind and command those demons to loose their mind and will that they can have an opportunity to make a decision for Jesus Christ. We thank yeah. you, Lord, for what you're going to do. We're coming up to the end of our time tonight. Two hours just flew by. Uh, brother wow. Peter, I would like you to come on minimum one time a month, brother, but two would be better. <laughs> yeah. As your schedule is available. Yeah. I know you're a busy man, and you're working on some cool stuff. Um, yeah, now I can come. I can come twice a month. I'll work with what you I, according to whatever time you got available. Yep. What I'd like to do, or just an idea that I had, uh, yes, see what sir. you think, is, is just to take calls and do and pray deliverance, but explain what's going on as as we do deliverance, and explain why things are prayed for the way they are. Awesome. And and it could be like I don't want to say I'm a master, but like a master class type idea, you know. And we could do it together, and we could, and we could explain about deliverance by doing it, talking about it, and demonstrating it. Fantastic! I like that. Let's do it next show. How about that? Yeah, call it a masterclass, 
and we can show and encourage others to do it. Amen. Because, yeah, everyone should be doing it, and you will never be sorry doing deliverance. Deliverance is not a special calling for Peter uh-huh. and me or a select few of others. No, it's for every one of us. We've been called to cast out devils in Jesus' name. And Jesus has given each one of you the keys of the kingdom who are in Christ, that is. You've got to be a believer. That is prerequisite. Jesus got to be your Lord and Savior. You have then the authority to cast out these devils, tread on serpents and scorpions over all the power of the enemy, in the name of Jesus. And uh, in that, you can set people free who are POWs right now, taken captive by Satan at his will, and you can set your own self free in Jesus' name. And help get the you can get the land back in your life in the name of Jesus as you run these devils out. Yes, it's very vital because it's the oil of the wise virgins. Do not think it's good not to be caught as a virgin without oil, because the days are going more. In the book of Joshua, it says the Jordan overflows its banks at the time of harvest. There is a flood of the descender coming, just like in Noah's time, but not water, spiritual flood. Unless you are trained up in deliverance, you and your loved ones may not stand. Amen. Very important. Amen, folks. If you've got a house, you stepped out to go to the store, you came back and there was another family living in there. <laughs> running your house and they're starting to destroy it you say who are you oh we're hey we're claiming this house it's ours now would you just would you stand by or would you want to kick them out and evict them onto the street take your house back before they burn it to the ground that's what these demons want to do they want to use you up and then burn you to the take you down and burn you for eternity in the lake of fire that's what they want to do so the choice is yours and mine will we get in the battle and do what Jesus did, a sign that will fall them believe in my name they should cast out devils. And then help set others free in Jesus' name. And, and we get more deliverance in the process. Or do we just want to surrender? And get in that body bag and zip it up over our head. Because that's really the alternative. You fight or die. What's it going to be? And you know what? Jesus says, I'll never leave nor forsake you. And I can do all things through Christ Jesus, which strengthens me. We don't have to surrender. We need to make the demons retreat in Jesus' name. Uh, we're going to have Peter on again very soon. This is just the first of many more programs we're going to do. We'll have open lines next time with Brother Peter Whiffen. Peter, before you close in prayer, would you please give yes. out your contact information? People that like to learn more about the studies God has taken you through. You know, there's deliverance at the the table. You know, the yep. names, amplification, Bible, and so forth. And be your friend. How can they do that? Yeah, they can just get me on um, Facebook, which is my name, Peter uh, Whiffen, W-H-I-F-F-I-N, F for Fred, I-N, and Skype, Value777 at Skype, like Value777 Skype, V-A-L-U-777 Skype, the word Skype. And my email is my name again, Peter Whiffen at Hotmail. And the website is hiskingdomstable.com. Praise the Lord. Uh, give out your email one more time, please. Okay, it's Peter Whiffen, W, H for Harry, I for Igloo, F for Fred, F for Fred, I for Igloo, N for Nelly, at hotmail.com. 
Peter, I want to thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule. It is now, uh, what time is it, 3 p.m. in uh, Gold Coast? Yep. And I want to thank you for making time for us on this weekend, brother. We love and appreciate you. And we're looking forward to having you back on. I'll talk to you this week. We'll get you on another date scheduled. And um, will you close in prayer, my friend? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for everything, everyone. And we appreciate everyone as well. Father, we love you and we praise you. And we thank you for everything again. We honor you. And we praise you. We pray that the kingdom of darkness be pulled down more. And more workers come into the work of the field. We thank you for everything and we close this broadcast in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Peter, I'll talk to you soon, brother. Love you, my friend. God bless you. You too. I want to pray for you before we go. Father God, I ask that you would lose favor for my brother Peter and his family, Lord, meet all of their needs, lose new opportunities, Lord, for him to minister. Bless them in the name of Jesus. Father God, I ask you to loose healing into his body. What the enemy tried to destroy, I ask God for full restoration of all of his body in the name of Jesus. I ask God you bless his finances and bless each of his children in the name of Jesus Christ and loose a wall fire around him, Lord, with warrior angels to surround them for their protection. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Love you, my brother. I'll talk to you soon, Peter. Thank you for coming on tonight. Bye, everyone.